What is up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to give you a nice, warm welcome to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Hey, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire catalog of back episodes of the podcast. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go listen to them. Go check them out. Hey, is this your first time listening to the podcast and now you're wondering, what am I about to get into? What am I about to listen to? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're talking to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Really quick, before we get into this episode, I want to let you guys know that I'm a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah. I'm based out of Keller Williams. I'm on the Be Heard team. I'm loving it, and I would love to help you guys by giving you a free market analysis of your home. Really simple, really easy, no strings attached. Just reach out to me, get in touch, shoot me a text, give me a call, 801-244-2908. And I'll give you a free market analysis of your home. Maybe you're curious what kind of equity you've built on it over the last couple of years. Well, I'd love to help you out on that. Again, uh, my phone number is 801-244-2908. Get in touch. I'd love to chat with you. And on that note, let's get into this conversation on uh, I Am Salt Lake podcast. This is a good one, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. I want to start right at the beginning of what or who got you interested in becoming a financial professional. So it's an interesting story. My, a friend of mine, his name is Marcus Tarr. He actually um, said, he came to me, he's like, Hey, you should read this book and learn a little bit more about what I'm doing. I'm starting this company, this financial company. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's super cool. So I promised I'd read the book um, what was the book? It's called How Money Works. Okay. It's actually been all over the news. Very Both. straightforward. I like it. Yeah. How Money Works. How, mo- how Money Works. <laughs> yeah. So it was written by uh, Tom Matthews and Steve Siebold in our company. And yeah, they are, they're absolutely amazing. It was written for the middle American family, the people that just aren't being taught about how money works. And so it was written to, to teach people what we're not being taught in school so that we can actually live a prosperous life and not work till the day we die. That's really cool because that's kind of one of the things that I think almost every other adult that I talk to, it's like, man, if, if they would have just taught us basic things in school, in high school, like how to uh, balance a checkbook, you know, what money means, what income and outgoing, I mean, even like the basics, it's, it's not something that we're generally taught. We kind of stumble into. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we're not really taught. And I think it's really sad because a lot of people struggle. Um, I'll get into this a little bit in my story, but I mean, I worked at a collection agency where not just one or two people, but hundreds of thousands of Americans are struggling with financial illiteracy. It's a massive pandemic. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a viral pandemic. It's a financial pandemic and it's hurting a lot of families. And so now what I do, I do what I do because it, I, first of all, I truly believe that everyone is worthy of a prosperous life. And part of the reason, part of the, part of the way you get that is by financial education. 
what is it exactly that you do then? So I am a financial professional and wealth strategist. Yeah. So I work with families and professionals by providing unique perspective and 21st century strategies to grow and protect wealth. Right on. So like, let's say a couple like us comes to you and we're like, okay, we want to become financially literate. What's kind of our, what's kind of the, uh, the process? Yeah. So we would sit down either over zoom or I'd come to your home, whatever is more comfortable for you. And I'd show you, um, a few concepts that are not taught in school, like the power of compounding interest, the rule of 72, um, where to put your money and just educate you. And then I'd ask you a few simple questions like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? And then we would create a strategy or a plan to help you get there. Right on. So like just basically help people save money, make money, just what to do with their money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so there's seven money milestones that we go over and it involves it involves income. Uh-huh. First of all, so income coming in, income going out, plus taxes. Um, it involves insurances, making sure you're fully insured. So in case something happens. Like a life insurance. Like a life insurance sure. policy, health insurance. If you don't have your insurances. Um, kind of lined up correctly. Lined up correctly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. Then if something happens, you could lose your home. Yeah. Or your, your family could be out on the street if, if a father dies. Like, what's the mother going to do? Go out and work, you know? And so that's what happens. And so making sure that their finances are in order in, includes insurance is, as well as an emergency fund, three to six months, et cetera. And so those are just a few strategies that we teach to help make sure that their plan is in order with their goals. Now, you mentioned you were working at a job with collections uh, prior yes. to doing this. I mean, it has... But even prior to that, have you always just been the type that's good with your finances? Have you always been a bit of a financial nerd, I guess you would say? I mean, what's the proper term? I mean, like sure even, even, even parent-wise, like let's, yeah. let's, let's be honest here. I'm going to be fully uh, open yeah. and, and vulnerable here. I didn't grow up in the, like my mom didn't teach me a lot about money. Right. I turned 18. I remember I got a Target credit card and then I think I got like a Mervyn's credit card. Oh, yeah. All these credit cards. I had to file bankruptcy by the time I was 24 years old because I had, I don't know, over a hundred thousand dollars probably in wackadoodles credit card debt that nobody taught me how to manage. People our age, we were definitely raised with our parents' generation. It was very much don't ever talk about money. No. It's rude. Yes. Like, yeah. it's, and so it's the, it's kind of this faux pas. Well, I was never that, taught that. Oh, really? I, that, well, I guess I, I mean, not, I wasn't like directly said, don't talk about money, but it was kind of the, the, the vibe when yeah. adults started talking about money, everybody clammed up. And so it's like, okay, you don't talk about it. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we're all just stumbling through life mm-hmm. as we are. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh. No, it's the, I, I heard a, a stat where there are some people that die and pass away and like their children don't even know that there are, there's money, there's wills, there's, there's accounts waiting for them because their parents have never told them because right. it's so taboo to talk about money. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think so, that is though? Why do you I think, don't know. Why do, would money... I, I personally feel like it's, it's the extension of like, you know, the forties, fifties, and then, you know, it started to loosen up in the sixties, but in general, don't talk about like anything personal, really. I mean, that was like a big faux pas in general. And, and it's almost like, this is a weird analogy, but it's almost like the mental health crisis where it has always existed, right? Like financial illiteracy, mental health, all of these things have always existed, but it's been 
not okay to talk about because we're supposed to act like we're perfect just societally. And that's not something that can last forever. It's, you know, you can't just keep pretending that everything's cool and never talk about anything. (laughs) Oh, welcome to therapy, you guys. Hi, my name's Chrissy. (laughs) (laughs) I like to shop. (laughs) But I mean, to me, that's kind of what I see it as. And so it's nice to be able to see it be more of um, an openly discussed topic. What, like, have you found that? Or, well, let's get back to, are you a nerd? Yeah. Come on, be a nerd with us. I'm a nerd. I'm a money nerd. I love it. I love it. So yeah, let me just ask you, how do you want me to answer that question? (laughs) There was a lot of of questions thrown at you. Well, no, so growing up, back to the original one, like growing up was, was finances and money something that was talked a lot about in your house? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up, I'm the second oldest of 10 kids. Oh, wow. So I have seven brothers and two sisters Okay, and they are amazing. My mom is absolutely incredible. Sure. Love her so much. Um, and because we had a lot of children, yeah, finances was always something that was on like the topic, right? Cause there's a lot to manage when you have a lot of kids. And so I always heard my dad, Hey, money doesn't grow on trees, yeah. Eat everything on your plate. We don't waste anything ever. Sure. Um, and so I grew up thinking, having the ideology that, Oh, money is hard to come by. And you have to work really, really hard and get a formal good education to get money, which, and that's how I grew up, which now I'm seeing that's not necessarily true. Money is not hard to come by. It's just a trade of value. Um, And if you know how to work that system, it works really well. And so, but it's, it's the, it's those mental blocks that can really hold someone back in business or in family or in, in any situation if they think that money is hard to come by. And that was just, yeah, a few beliefs that I had growing up. So how do you change that mindset? How do you change to change that mindset that money is hard to come by and that money- Or like to make it not, take it away from the emotional aspect of life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Some people don't ever figure that out because it can be really hard, right? I would say just simply um, get a financial professional that can help you walk through that. Which would be somebody like yourself. Yeah. Okay. So I I guess, I guess, so how would you change somebody's mindset then, I guess? Yeah. How how do you, how do you do that? Well, that is a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that's like literally the hardest thing. Because I know that's something I struggle with. Uh-huh. And so I want you to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Give me a tip here. What do I do? Because, well, no, I have a hard time. I'm always, I tend to navigate to go towards the cheapest products. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, got to be frugal. And I got to cut my coupons out. And I got to, and it's not that those are bad. I mean, it's good mm-hmm. to save money. Mm-hmm. Well, there comes a point when you spend so much time doing that. Yeah. That you're not investing in yourself. And mm-hmm. what, where's the line and how do yeah. you kind of change your mindset to become more abundance mm-hmm. thinking as opposed to mm-hmm. holding on because you're afraid everything's going to go away. Yeah. Which I think is how we're all feeling yeah. a lot too, you know, in general, yeah. we like you said, like growing up, it was get an education, uh, get a job, do the thing, but everything's changed. It doesn't really run that same way again. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go get a job at DuPont and work there for 20 years and then get a pension. Right. It doesn't exist or anymore. 40 years. Or yeah. Years. Or 40 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess 20 years isn't that long anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. All righty. We're going to take just a couple of minutes now and tell you about an awesome nonprofit organization that we partnered with here on the podcast. I'm really excited to tell you about them. Thanksgiving Heroes. 
I don't know if you guys listened to the episode we did with Rob, Rob Adams, the founder of Thanksgiving Heroes. We did that back on episode 509. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go check it out. Such an awesome story. Thanksgiving Heroes is a national nonprofit organization with a simple mission, which is to rally thousands of troops of volunteers across U.S. cities to feed families in need full meals on Thanksgiving. A single warm holiday meal might not seem like much to you, but when you're struggling to scrape enough money together just to pay your monthly rent, the thought of filling a family's bellies with a Thanksgiving feast is unfathomable. That's where Thanksgiving Heroes comes in. Super easy to get involved with them. Their website, thanksgivingheroes.org. Go see how you can get involved, volunteer some time, donate some money, uh, maybe just even share out their information on your social media platforms. Whatever you do, get involved. This is an organization that we stand behind and that we cannot urge our listeners to uh, to go out and support. So again, their website, thanksgivingheroes.org. Go donate, go get involved, and uh, go listen to that uh, conversation that we had with Rob Adams on episode 509. All right, thanks so much, guys, for listening. Let's get back into that conversation. What's kind of your first step with people when someone says, hey, like, I have a job, I've mm-hmm. been working, come over here and help me figure out where to put stuff. Yeah. You know, what's kind of a, a good Absolutely. thing for us to do? Yeah, no, I love that. These are really great questions. Um, and again, it, it, it really depends on the person. Some people, I'm going to, I'm going to handle a client differently depending on, on who they are, but, um, in like an umbrella perspective, this is pretty much what I do. We're going to separate the money from like the emotional part. Right. And how we do that is we just, we use strategies like mint. If you've ever heard of mint. Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. Mint Truebill, Dave. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or, um, like a a spreadsheet, right? So you Mm -hmm. can see where your money's at, where everything, every penny is going. And then we can be like, okay, do you, do you like this? Do you like this lifestyle? Cause from where you're at, you're not going to reach your goals. What do you need to change? Um, and you can see it. So you kind of can separate yourself from like the problem and, and see it from like a third perspective, if that right. makes sense. Cause you can see it on paper. So it really, really helps clients. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can look at it, see it, and then have someone help you walk, walk them through that emotional. It's nice to have an objective third party. It sounds Absolutely. like, I mean, a lot like therapy. Welcome back to therapy again. But I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, that's why we go talk to people who just have a different perspective who can Absolutely. help us put things. Yep. So, okay. That's really cool. I like that. That's neat. What, what are your kind of like your target, uh, groups of people? Yeah. That's that you great, work with. Yeah. Like, thank you. I love that question. Uh, we work specifically with families. So families, um, children, homeowners, working class. Um, there is a lot of, there's a lot of financial firms that work with the ultra wealthy. Right. And that's my first thought. It's like, I, you know, like I always want to say, Oh, I'd love to have someone help me manage my money. But you think that's just for people who already have money. Right. That's just for like, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Um, and it's so interesting because there's so many perspectives so tell us about Wealthwave and how you teamed up with them. What is that like an umbrella company that you teamed up with or what exactly is Wealthwave? So Wealthwave is our broker. Okay. So similar to real estate, you have sure. a real estate agent and okay. you've got your brokerage. We are independent. You could call us independent contractors and we have the ability to like grow and expand similar to a real estate agent. They can grow. 
have their own team, their own agents, and then you, you can become a broker. And so Wealthwave is our broker. My husband and I, we actually, we do this together. Okay. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. My okay. husband, we're both financial um, professionals. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're growing and expanding our company so that we can eventually become a brokerage as well. Interesting. Right so did you, who started first then him or you or both at the same time? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. So, um, at the beginning, you asked the question, who yeah. first introduced yeah, yeah, yeah. you? So he was, he, he yes. introduced Who you. first introduced you to the business? And it was Marcus Tarr, my husband. Okay. Um, and we were just friends at the time. Okay. Yeah. And so he like, he gave me this book and asked me to read it. And I was like, okay, yeah. And it was really cool because I, I read a little bit of the book, not the whole thing. I read a little bit of it and I was like, holy cow, will you please teach me? I'm so, I don't know yeah. this stuff. And so he did. And I was like, okay, we need to take this to the masses. This stuff is really important because I come from a collection background where I'd seen people crying over the phone to me, begging me to help them with their money and with their debt, their 30, 40, 50, $60,000 in debt uh-huh. when they're 60, 70, 80, even mm-hmm. 90 years old sometimes. And that's probably that's a lot more debt than even that. I mean, that's, it was insane. Like I said, I mean, I was in my early twenties and I had that much debt, you know what I mean? So I made it pretty easy for us to rack up debt. Yeah. 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 With interest and in credit cards. What do you recommend? I mean, for somebody to like, let's say a young kid, I mean, would you recommend them to get credit cards? I mean, what are your thoughts on things like credit cards and and like saving a store credit card, like how I got a target credit card to Mervyn's. I mean, would you recommend that to, to, as a starter credit card? (laughs) That's a great question. So credit cards, you have to think of it. They're not necessarily bad, Yeah. but they can be definitely used in bad ways. Right. And, and, um, and in ways that are probably not as mature as you, as you saw. Well, when you're 18, 19, you don't know how to Free money, man. Exactly, right? You don't know what's going on. So, yeah. You're like, oh, a $30 a month payment? I can handle that. I can handle that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, I would say absolutely. Get a credit card if you are responsible enough to handle the payments and pay it off each month. Because credit card companies, they are really good at raising um, APR limits, et cetera, as you know. And so, they can be really, really high APRs. And paying off the minimum just barely pays off the interest. Right. It's not really paying on the principal. And so if you can pay it off each month, if you can be responsible, pay it off each month, then I would say absolutely get it because you're not, you're not paying interest each month. If you pay off your full balance, you're not getting interest. And so it helps to build credit. So eventually they can get a home, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So is this kind of your first like entrepreneur type type endeavor that you've done? No. Or have you done other entrepreneur type things in the yeah, past? Yeah, I've been building businesses since I was ten years old. What right other on. what other businesses have you built? Like what Yeah, well I mean the ones when I was a kid they were Sure. Pretty... Like like what? Like what? Well, my first ever business ever was a lemonade stand in my uh-huh. front yard. Yeah, and sure. it was very successful actually. Um I sold bread when I was I believe I believe okay. I was ten. Yeah. Um during uh Thanksgiving time. Sure. And I made like, for me, for a 10 year old, I made like $200. That's incredible. After all my, after everything was paid off. And I mean, that was huge for me. And so I was like, oh, this actually really works. Sales and like talking with people and trading value for money. This is incredible. And so that was, you know, that was the first start of it. I I had a, um, a backpack business when I was a little older. I made, I sewed. Oh. backpacks and sold them. That was really fun. And so, yeah, those were all 
So you're like a little serial entrepreneur. Yeah, it was fun. That's cool. Do you come from an entrepreneur? I can't even say it now. Entrepreneurial family. I said it wrong still. Entrepreneurial family. (laughs) Yeah, I I do. Um, My mother is amazing. She is so amazing. Um, she was always encouraging me to, to start new businesses. She is a real estate agent herself. Oh, right on. Here and in so, Utah? Yeah, here in Utah. Right on. And that's- in, in this area? Uh-huh. Right on. Yeah, what, her what, what's her name? I her name, I, yeah. <laughs> her name maybe is, I know her. Her name's Colleen Mitchell. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of realtors. I was going to say, maybe, you know, just in case I knew her. Yeah, you know. just in case. Yeah. Right on. She's right amazing. On. So what's been the most like rewarding thing for you personally with being like a financial professional? The most rewarding thing I would say is when I get to sit down with a family, um, I actually sat down with a family just a few months ago uh-huh. and, um, they were like, really? Like, we don't really know what to do. Uh-huh. Can you please help us? Like, we're not going to retire at this point. We can't really save. We don't have money to save right now. Like, can you help us? And so we sat down, we talked about their goals, we educated them and they're like, okay, yeah, this is what we want to get to. And we were actually able to find about seven, $700 a month. They didn't know they had. And so we were able to repurpose it. Exactly. Reposition that into, Kate, this is good money in bad places. Let's put it over here. So it actually starts working for you. So you actually have a retirement. Wow. You probably made their day, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably made their year. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It what really if, helps. So on the, 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 the most rewarding thing, what about the least rewarding thing with what you do? The least rewarding thing I would say is when people don't want to take advantage of the opportunity that's right in front of them. I could see that. That's a good answer actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. It I, can be. I could see it talking about money. Okay. I, I could see that could be difficult though, because I'm sure it's hard for people to be like here, here's. All my money, it's stuff, you know, my bank accounts, access to everything. And it's almost an embarrassing thing probably for some people, right? It, either A, yes. they don't make enough they, or they feel embarrassed with the amount of money they make or they're embarrassed with you seeing how they spend, how they spend their money. There's yes. an enormous amount of like unspoken shame yes. associated with money and, and how you handle it. I, I think as a person, it's just... Yeah, that that would be a very difficult part. It goes back of, to the mindset, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, that's I, I that yeah. No, that's that's so true, and I see that every day with my clients. And so I um when we're we have different points, right? This this kind of the second meeting is called a financial needs analysis, and that's where we go through everything with a fine tooth comb, and we literally every penny we know where it's at. And I always tell them like, hey, listen, like there's no judgment here, like it's all good. You're safe with me. It doesn't matter where your money's at. We just need to know where it's at so we can get you to where you want to go. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a book called Mind Over Money? I have heard of that book. That is a, I mean, I haven't listened to it in many, many years because I listened to it. Yes. Thank you very much. That's still reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, a lot of what you're saying, it's very similar. It's 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 a really good message. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So the book that you said you read, How Money Works, right? Mm-hmm. I was reading on your website that there's a like a master class that people could take for that too. Is mm-hmm. talk about that? What what exactly is this master class? Yeah, stuff? yeah, that's a great question. So the master class that we help people with um, is just a a group. It can be. Um, in person or online, um, over zoom. And it's just like, it teaches principles in the book. Uh So, uh, just some examples, the rule of 72, 
what that means and how you can apply it to debt and getting out of debt. Um, what is this? What, what is this rule of seventy two? I've never even heard of that. Rule of seventy two. You've never. No, heard of that. Oh, I keep okay. thinking of DPI, which what, is like. Have you heard of this rule of seventy two? <laughs> no, my I translated it into like web design okay. stuff. So okay, no, no clue. What, what, what is what, it? Yeah, what is this rule? Of so I would love to answer that for you. I feel like it would be a little bit confusing if I started to explain it. You really have to see it. So um, I'm happy to share with it. Share share it with you after. Okay. And if, you know, the people on the podcast would like to see what that is, they can meet with me. I feel like if I start to explain it, it would be, um, it could get confusing without visuals. Yeah. Well, okay, I, okay. We're, we're here all day. I was going to say, the, I mean, basic... I mean, what is there a basic sure. gist of it just to, so we don't leave our listeners hanging, I sure. guess. I mean, yeah, what, yeah, absolutely. So rule of 72, you take 72 uh-huh. and you divide it by any interest rate uh-huh. and it tells you how long it's going to take your money to double. So for oh, example, do you know how much, do you know, um, what your interest rate is in your bank? Uh, off the top of my head, no. No. Okay. No, 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 no worries. No. Does anybody know that? I mean, I only know when they take my monthly fee out because I'm like, dang it, I needed that. Is that something that normally people know? I would say no. It, okay, people okay, don't okay, know that. okay. So, so you're, yeah, you're just fine. Well, I was, um, I wanted to use an example. We can use yeah, mine if you'd it, like, just to prove a point. Sure, sure. Is that okay? Yeah, like please. 8%? I'm totally just throwing a number out. I remember when I was 12 and I got a bank account and they're like, you get, this percent interest, but that's like the last time I ever talked about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So normal, it's normal is about, uh, 0. 0.03, 0.02. Yeah, I was yeah. way off. Um, Samsonite. and so, yeah, again, mine is 0. 0.03. I, I bank at Zions bank. And so again, to explain the rule of 72, you take 72, uh-huh. divide it by, let's just say 0. 0.03. Uh-huh. That equals about 4,200. So 4,200. So what that means is it's going to take my $1 4,200 years to turn into two. Okay. That's a really long time. I'm going to be dead by then. Yeah. Wow. It's too long to wait, right? So if we can increase our interest rate, it increases the, the time it is to double. Like it, well, excuse me. If we can increase our interest rate, it decreases the time we have to wait for it to double. Right. It kind of hockey sticks quicker. Yep. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I get that much as an adult. <laughs> yeah. I'm very financially illiterate. So this is fun for me to learn. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. So it's amazing. We, again, we, we teach simple, simple concepts like the rule of 72 that, I mean, people don't know of, mm-hmm. but can really change a family's life if they do know about it and if they have someone to help them. Yeah. And so uh, people can go to your website, which is, uh, I'll have the link at IamSaltLake.com uh, with this episode as well. I mean, there is all kinds of, I mean, you got videos on here that people could check out to find out more about, I mean, what's the best place to get started? I mean, for, yeah. for listeners to, I guess, just reach out to you. Is it, would that be the easiest thing, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They can reach out to me, go on my website. There's amazing things on there as well. Uh-huh. Whatever is easier for them. Okay. So what do you do? I mean, when you're not busy with all this finances stuff, what are some of your other hobbies and interests? What are some other things you enjoy doing? Yeah. Thank you. As we get to know you a little bit. Yes. I love to cook. I've recently become a wife. I got married uh, seven months ago. And you're loving it. I love it. My husband is so wonderful. It's just so wonderful to be married. It's, it's so great. Um, and so I've been experimenting with spices and oils and, and lots of really cool, like, cooking culinary, culinary, uh-huh. um, 
you know, dishes. Expressions. Expressions, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's been really, really fun to cook. I really like to cook. I really like to rock climb. Okay. I'm a big rock climber. Indoors, outdoors. I mean, out in nature or... or... Got some strong forearms. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I used to rock climb a long time ago. <laughs> that is so fun. Yeah, I normally go outside. Okay. Just, I like... Real rock is so much better. Yeah. So. Do you ever worry about falling? No. No? Oh. No. That's good. I don't, I don't free climb. Okay. I have a rope and a Even harness. Even if you have a blayer, I had a blayer once who yeah. did drop me. Yeah. But I'm sure you have a very, a very I, I yeah. believe in them. Good I, job, I have a good, yeah. Blayer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry though. That happened to you. That's scary. Oh, we were having too much fun and I was like, please let me down. I'm not going to make it. And they're like, no, you could do it. You know, it was one of those, like, they just wanted me to keep trying and yeah. it was not going to happen. It was not so. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what else do you like to do? Yeah. Um, I really like to sew. Kind right of on. a fun story about me. I actually designed a wedding dress when I was in high school. No kidding. I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to be a wedding dress designer and I, yeah, I designed a wedding dress. I still know how to sew and I still love it. I, I obviously am not a wedding dress designer. It takes um, a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. A lot of time. It took me like 80 hours to make my wedding dress. And so it's- That's like really short for making a wedding. I, that's impressive. Thank you. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a seamstress. Yeah. So you made your wedding dress. Yeah, I designed it and then made it. I didn't wear it on my wedding. It was out of style when I got married. Oh, by the time you did by, it? By the time I got married, yeah. And so it's sitting in my closet. I'll keep it forever, but- That's cool. It, yeah, I love to sew. It's so fun to create new things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. It's kind of addicting, isn't yeah. it? That makes sense. Are you a, are you a winter person? Are you excited with winter coming? I'm up? so excited. I love to ski. Do you really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. do you have a favorite mountain that you like to go on? You know, not really. I like them all. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really fun to go up to. Where have I been? Um, yeah, there's just yeah, there's some some fun places. How long have you been skiing? Um, only a year. Oh, okay. So That's why you. I don't have no. a whole okay, lot to okay, like okay. say and explain. I've never been skiing. Yeah. I've never been. I've never been. Okay. I've never okay. Been. So I, I, you should I, go. It's fun. I, too. At I, this point. Mm. I went on a snow. I've been on a snowboard a few times. Have you? And I haven't. Uh, I'm way too scared. Yeah, I'm just going to hurt myself. I'm thinking I'm a little too old now to okay. start. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I don't know. It sounds really fun, but you know, I'm down to hang out in the lodge and drink hot chocolate. There you go. While other people go. Yeah. Let's say you're visiting a new city and uh -huh. you get stuck in an elevator. Ooh. Who would you most like to be stuck in that elevator with? Oh, that's a really good question. I would probably say my husband. Okay. That sounds very cliche, but he's, he's super smart and he, yeah, he's amazing. Like he can fix and do anything. So maybe he could fix that broken elevator. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's really funny. And so we can at least joke around while, you know, yeah, while we get company. saved. What about, uh, what would you name the autobiography of your life? I would probably title it something like Prosperity and Fulfillment. I'm actually currently writing um, that book. Are you really? I am. And That's so cool. it has not been released yet. <laughs> um, but Your own autobiography, you're writing it. So it's, it's part of it. Not like my whole story, because my whole story isn't, you know, isn't, isn't done yet. Right. But... The fulfillment parts I want to capture because there was a time in my life where I was, I was in school full time. I was working full time at the collection agency. Um, I was highly involved in my ward, in my church, sure. um, highly involved with my family. Um, and so it was just a lot. I would leave the house at 5.30 a.m. every single day and wouldn't get home till like nine o'clock at night. And my life was constantly filled with busyness. And... 
I was, I would ask myself every day, like, what is the purpose of life? Like, I truly, I don't understand. And, you know, you could say the cliche things like, oh, well, it's, you know, to be happy and to serve other people. And I was just like, I don't, I'm not feeling that. I feel like I'm doing a good job in like serving, but I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. And I don't know why. Fast forward before this moment, I actually spent some time in Africa where I lived in Africa. I got to serve and teach little children English. And it was most, one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. And a few years before that, I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Uh for a year and a half. I left my family. I got to talk to my mom twice a year. That was fun and intense. Um, And where did you serve your mission? I served in the Iowa Des Moines mission. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was awesome. Yeah. But again, that was like, again, one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. And here I was, I was busy, but I wasn't fulfilled. And no matter what I did, I wasn't fulfilled. And I... I truly believe that we are all worthy of a a prosperous and fulfilling life. And that's going to look differently for all of us. Um, When I started this, started working in this company and started my own business um, for the first time since I was in Africa, I was truly fulfilled because I was helping people that they're not going to get helped if, if someone, if we don't help them, no one's coming for them. The ultra wealthy is not going to come call them, knock on their door and be like, Hey, can we help you invest? Can we help you save? That's, they're never going to get helped unless we come help them. And so it's, um, you're making an impact. It's absolutely an impact. And, um, so to go back to your question, yeah, my book is called prosperity and fulfillment. That's awesome. And it's, it's amazing because yeah, it truly does change lives. So Africa. Africa. That that's why. So how did you like did you go with an organization or a group mm-hmm. of people? What 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 how did you go down to Africa? What yeah. group did you go down with? Yeah, so I found a group of people, a traveling agency, and I I went to Ghana sure. specifically. Okay. And we flew into Accra and it was huge culture shock and tons of little kids everywhere and it was like the funnest thing ever. Um and it really changed my life. I realized, holy cow, America is so small compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Like there's so many more people. There's so much more we can do. And I saw children starving. I saw people, you know, sleeping in dirt, dirt huts that literally are made out of mud. And I'm like, holy cow, I, I have so much. I thought I grew up, you know, in a big family where there was, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money because we had a lot of kids and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm like, holy cow, I never went hungry. My father always made sure that we had food on the table. And some of these little kids in Africa, they, they have nothing. How long were you in Africa? I was there for about a little over two months. So a good amount of time though. Yeah. I mean, two months though. I mean, that's a yeah. good yeah. amount of time. That's it was, a- it was amazing. Yeah. I loved it there so much. I want to go back so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, so cool to be able to experience that and be able to bring it back and put things into perspective a little bit more. Yeah. Cause a lot of us don't even have that perspective. Like you were saying, we think we have it so hard. We don't know how hard it really, you yeah. know, and that's really cool that you spent time really going out there and helping people and knowing kind of, re- it seems like you were able to really center yourself and know what you wanted to yeah. bring back with you. Yeah. It was that's amazing. Cool. I loved working with those people doing laundry in the dirt, cooking on a stove with coals. You know, you, you cook outside, you know, you don't cook in, there's no, there's no kitchens, right? You cook outside in the dirt and it was amazing. I loved it. Showering in a bucket, you know, that was awesome. Showering I loved bucket, it. That's awesome. It was great. That's really cool. 
We have a few uh, standard Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here. Awesome. So, of course, we're going to ask you, find out uh, what your answers are. But we have family and friends that visit us from time to time, sure. right? Maybe from out of state. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have people that come in and they want to say, hey, you know, show us around. Give us the tour. And when I say Salt Lake City here, Rayleigh, I, the whole valley, right? Sure. Like uh, some answers, people are like, oh, I'll take them to Park City or to Ogden. Anywhere or, you're willing you know, to drive. Yeah. So, we're, I mean, you know, whether it's downtown Salt Lake, the temple, the library, Park City, where are some of the places you like to show people? Yeah. When they come to town. That's a really great question. I would definitely say the temple okay. in Salt Lake City yeah. is a huge staple. It's just so beautiful and there's so much culture and history to that building. I mean, pretty much refugees, right? From different states came and and, and built that after it's they made were, out of broken dishes, man. Right. There's, there's a lot of good stories. There's a lot it. of great yeah. stories. And so it's I think it's beautiful, lots of culture. Uh, yeah, Park City's a good one. Beautiful. Lots of skiing up there. In Big Cottonwood Canyon, there's a lot of cool climbs if you're into rock climbing. Okay. So I would take them up there. There's some, yeah, really cool camping grounds. So do those are down, those do, are a few. Do you camp a lot? I want to be a camping family. I don't <laughs> camp as much as I would like. Well, we but, live in a perfect state for camping. Right? We yeah. really do. I That's mean, true. no we matter do. what direction you go, you could probably find a camping spot in 15 minutes, it seems like. <laughs> Man, I loved <laughs> yeah, camping when great. I was younger. Girls camp. Girls camp was the bomb. See, and I love camping. I love camping. I love that. It was I the just, best. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I just, just like twisting people's arms to get to jail. <laughs> what, a lot of pros and cons. What about any favorite local eating spots? Do you have a, like a favorite restaurant or, or, mm. or uh, somewhere that you like to go to occasionally? Yeah, sure. Um, I really like Hoo Hop. Okay. It's a Mongolian grill. Okay. Have you guys yes. ever been there? In Sandy? Yes. Oh my gosh. So yes. good. So good. Yeah, I want my really, husband really to good. take me there like every night. It's so good. <laughs> okay. So it's really cool because you, have you ever been there? I haven't. I, uh, no. Have I been there? Did you you haven't. I used to go a lot with work. Okay. Okay. People. Okay. It's, it's a Mongolian grill. So yeah. you, you know, you have the, you go through and you make your own food yeah, and then it, you bring it to the like thing. Charlie and Chow's or? Yeah. Like Charlie Chow's. Yeah. Um, you know, have you been to Charlie Chow's? I haven't. Okay. No. Charlie Chow's is good too. Is that good? Yeah. It's downtown. It's okay. just great. But yeah, very, very similar. Okay. Cool. Any other favorites? I also like Roots Chris. Okay, yeah, have you good, ever been there? good steak. Yes. yes, yes. I'm a steak man. Yes. I love a good steak. <laughs> Those are good. Yes. Now, now we're talking my language. <laughs> is, there any, is there anything you would change about uh, Salt Lake City or the Valley or the area if, oh. if you had that ability? Yeah, absolutely. I would change the traffic. Okay. Yeah. More I, or less? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more. We always want more. We always want more. Yeah. No. I um I'm the type of person that I get bored really easily. That's why I'm always doing something. Um, yeah, I feel like driving and traffic is, can, can be boring. Sure. And so it's my least favorite thing about, um, Salt Lake city, but it's, it's again, it's not even bad Sure. compared to other places. No, I so, got you. I got you. Yeah. What, what do you think of all the people moving into Salt Lake? Isn't it I mean, fun? Well, <laughs> <laughs> not if you're driving on Bangor, it's not. And, right, and, right. and, uh, there's so many real estate yeah, markets. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. It makes it interesting. Yeah, we we just bought a house um, earlier this year, and it was it was tough. We put an offer after offer after offer, but everyone that was coming in from like out of state would get the offers first because oftentimes they'd be cash buyers, and so it was it was hard. But we did get lucky with a beautiful home in Highland. Okay, right so, that's a beautiful area. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're lucky. Yes, you're lucky. I go on trail run every morning through like by this little creek and up the up the trail. Oh, that's it's like cool. five minutes from our home. Very cool. 
Was there anything, I mean, before we wrap this up, first of all, I want to thank you for coming and, and recording with yes, us. I mean, thank this, you. it has been uh, awesome to get to know your story a little bit. I mean, I know we just kind of skimmed the surface with everything. And there's probably questions that I could ask that I just didn't know I could even ask. So, I mean, is there anything that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about with your finances stuff and anything that you want more you want to talk about there before we wrap this up? I think, yeah, I'd love to share just a little bit more about my story. Sure, sure, sure. Please do. Um, So how I got into finance um, is an interesting story. So after I graduated from high school, I started working at a bank like I talked about. Uh And I worked, I loved it there. It was a fun company. I worked myself up. I worked my way up um, until I got into the, the very, very delinquent accounts. So I would call or talk to the people that were very past due on their accounts. And I would talk to the people that were in their 60s and 70s, sometimes even 80s, 80 and 90 years old. Uh And they would say, listen, like, I want to pay my bills, but I can't. Like, I've worked my whole life, but I didn't really, like, I didn't prepare. I procrastinated and I'm not, I'm going to have to work until the day I die. And I have nothing to give you. I'm sorry. You're going to have to sue me or or whatever the the consequences was going to be for that for that account. And I, it just broke my heart to see so many Americans struggling. It was, and it wasn't just one or two people. It was person after person, conversation after conversation, week after week, month after month for years that I talked to hundreds of people, hundreds of families that were in similar positions. And I was like, you know what? Enough. Um, someone has to help these people because it seems like no one's helping them. And I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It matters how much money you keep and where you put it. And making sure that your money is protected from down markets. Um, Because if you put all your money in the stock market or in unhealthy places for your money, you could lose everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to this young gentleman. And so mm-hmm. I changed careers and I came over into the financial industry and I can nice probably be on the other side where you're like, not just telling people to give you money, but helping them keep it. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love what I do. That's cool. It is amazing. So how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you, your website links, social media, whatever, how can yeah. people reach out? Great question. You. So you can um, direct message me on Instagram. My Instagram is Rayleigh Tar. Um, Facebook works as well. It's also Rayleigh Tar. Um, my email, you guys got your pins ready. It's Rayleigh.Mitchell20 at Gmail. And so those, yeah, those are the best places. Very cool. And Chris right has on. a final question she asks everybody. I'm going to let her ask her question. Thank you so much, Rayleigh, for, for coming on the podcast. So glad you reached out to me and, and, uh, yeah, just Thank to get you. you on here. You're very welcome. Very, and, and I tell people, let's catch up, you know, down the road. Yeah. See where you see where you're at a year or two down that road with, the, with all of this. So Yeah. And and see, you know, where your wedding dress business is at. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super fascinated by that because I used to sew in high school, too. Oh, so, I'm like, so oh, cool. Fun. Um, but before we let you go, and it has been a blast, can you leave our listeners with a motto or a piece of life advice that you live by? I would say by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. It's sometimes it's not the huge monumental things we do every day, but it's the small, the small things. Um, it's the small drops of water that make the ocean or it's, you know, the, sm- the small things that really make the big impacts. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire back catalog of uh, episodes. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go check them out. Make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you're using these days. Uh, so whenever a new episode of the podcast gets released, it gets right sent to your uh, smartphone. Hey, it is the first episode of the month, and we give love to our Patreon supporters. This is uh, one of my favorite episodes to do because I love to express gratitude and thanks to these individuals because these individuals are uh, awesome by helping keep the lights on, helping pay our podcast expenses and all that good stuff. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, super easy to do, patreon.com slash Lake, and you can do that for as little as a dollar. But let's run down the list here, give some thanks, show some gratitude to uh, Jeremy Hunt, Jen Seals, Mark Copeland, Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorkland, Tim Haran, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill from Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tamaro, Nicole Davison, Nikki Line and Ryan Prince. Many thanks to all those individuals for being supporters of the podcast, Patreon supporters. Uh, again, if you would like to become a Patreon supporter, super easy to do. Just go on to patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake and uh, become a supporter. And I'll read your name next month on the podcast. Super easy, easy. And that's going to do it. Like I said, for this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, if you would like a free market analysis and find out the value of your home is currently here in the area, in the Salt Lake City area, get in touch with me, 801-244-2908, and I'd love to help you out with that. And until next week, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.